Hello, everyone. On this episode of the Better Product Solutions podcast, I bring you Phil Heft, Business Development Manager, North America from Memcon, and a topic that uh, connectors, connectors, connector assemblies. You know, Phil goes into the purpose and functionality of connector systems in printed electronics. We talk about market trends, um, what's driving uh, connectors and the different styles of connectors, as well as going into design specification considerations for someone designing a printed electronics uh, circuit design and uh, some some things that they should understand as far as the connector part of that design. So I bring you Phil Heft. Thanks, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, the most recent episode of the Better Product Solutions podcast. And excited to bring Phil Heft in here. Uh, Phil's title officially, Business Development Manager, North America, Memcon. And uh, we're going to talk some connectors. And, um, and and Phil, I'm really happy to have you on because as I've gotten to know you, I'm realizing how, how, how long you've been in the industry and the perspective that you bring. So I'm excited for that to come out during the conversation. And um, so thanks for being on, Phil. And oh, terrific. I, I, the, yeah, sure. The first question, I guess, is the the softball. But you know, tell us about yourself, your role, Memcon. Some people may not be familiar with Memcon, so if you could give the uh, official intro, much appreciated. Terrific. Yeah, be my pleasure. Um, I have been uh, uh, selling for printed electronics membrane switch technology for half my career. Uh, I was a manufacturer's rep. Uh, and uh, in the latter part of my career, I started selling to the uh, membrane switch industry. Uh, in the past six years, I've uh, uh, landed a position for Memcon. Memcon is a international company uh, that is focused totally towards printed and flex electronics. Uh, they have tooled and manufactured uh, various components for the manufacture of printed electronics. There's a lot of expertise in our company. Uh, our locations in Europe, North America, and in Asia are filled with people that have been doing this for their careers. So we have, uh, as I said, that expertise. Uh, we've built products that are uh, fresh and low cost, and we are doing our best to make the industry as strong as we possibly can. Yeah, I mean, you, you're six years at Memcon, but obviously not six years in the industry in the uh so you bring like a historical perspective of kind of where we were and i'd say where we are now so how would you frame up i guess where this um, printed flex industry has been in the past and kind of how we've evolved to where we are today when i first started selling membrane switches uh, back in the early 1980s uh the the uh the the industry was really in its infancy. It was a sort of a, a sibling child of the flex printed circuit industries, the FPC industries, and they were working with different types of materials and different con constraints. And one of the biggest uh, changes that I've seen has been on the time of manufacturing. Uh, back when we started in the 1980s, it was typical of 10 to 12 weeks just for initial prototype tooling. Uh, in today's market, you are producing your second production order in 12 weeks. Uh, things like that have, important, have been important. Uh, tactile domes, uh, back then, a lot of poly domes were used in the industry. Metal domes were in their infancy, and today's metal domes are 
much better than they were uh, back in that time as well. So the product has improved polycarbonate materials, which was a mainstay of, of membrane switches, is now almost a no-no. So uh, the evolution of the products, the sophistication of manufacturing, the product mix, your customer base, uh, and then we go into the evolution of what printed electronics is today. I mean, everything from photovoltaic products to medical sensors, it is just a completely different world, and it's a very exciting world to be in. And they all need to connect at some yeah. point, right? Because you know, it's funny as we were preparing for this. Um, you know, I've had a chance. I've never really paid this much attention to the, the the connector part of this whole of this whole world. So it's interesting when you when you talk about these connector systems. I guess at a high level, what's the purpose of a connector system? In what purpose does it serve in the overall kind of flexible printed electronics in the grand scheme? Of the um, of the product itself, well, it's it's an interface product. I mean, essentially, we need a way to go from a printed, flat, flexible piece of product to a uh, a board of some type, or, or and it can be done either as a direct uh, mating into a, a PC board, or it could be a interface cable going into round wire. Something has to be done, so. The traditional flexible printed circuit board connectors were the, the easy way for printed electronics to get involved. So flexible printed circuit board connectors were had a you know a few mainstay products. They were of course crimping into copper products, and they were sort of coming into it either through the 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 uh, pad on the circuit board, or they were going around the pad and coming back on reentry. Uh, those technologies married very well into printed electronics. And though there are some uh, critical differences, it is just enough that you can make it work. The biggest issue was the thickness. The thickness of, of flexible printed circuit boards was a one ounce copper, which is about 1.4 mil. And you had to duplicate that with printed ink. And that was not always easy. Um, so the connector technology had to improve. So uh, that's the basis of where the connectors started. Uh, and the the technology has just improved from that. And there's been um, different connector systems, right? I mean, the, 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 there's a whole variety of different connector systems that are used in different markets and applications. But if you... Can you speak to a little bit about the markets and applications that are applying where the use of these types of connector systems are, I'll say, either most used or or on the rise or what trends are happening where these connectors are getting more and more use and or being phased out or replaced? Well, the biggest change that is happening in the industry is as the membrane switches have become more sophisticated, the number of traces that, have, that occur have increased. So the, the oldest technologies and still the most popular technologies on, member, on, on connectors is at 100 thousandths or 2.54 millimeter pitch spacing between the conductors. Well, that's fine when you have five, six, 10 conductors because you're less than an inch of width of, of, of real estate. But the problem comes when you have a lot of embedded components and we're now at 25, 30, 35. So we're now talking about a uh, a, a real estate problem of three and a half inches when people are trying to shrink things. 
So what has happened as the trend lines is one is to go from a hundred thousandths on a crimp connector system to fifty thousandths on a crimp system at 1.27 millimeter. So that's one trend line. The other one, of course, is trying to marry against flexible printed circuit boards, which will also use uh, ZIF and lift connectors. And ZIF and lift connectors are, are, are wonderful on one level because they only have the tail embedded into the connector on the board. But there is a problem and a challenge for the industry because of placing that tail into that connector could become challenging. Um, edge registration, uh, things along that line. There's also a limitation to how thin you can print your trace lines onto the pad. So those are part of the, uh, of the, of the uh, changes in the industry going to more and more traces and thinner and thinner lines. I was out, I, so I grabbed one of our engineers and I got kind of like the, the tour of one of our manufacturing years and I was looking at all the different type of connector system so I, I i saw the the traces on the and the areas where we had to crimp the just getting narrower and narrower it seems on on uh on how to fit in there so i definitely i definitely hear that on the, the on someone who's actually looking to design in or who's on the design side of the house you know someone who's designing a flexible circuit or wants to transfer from a rigid circuit board into a flexible circuit or wants to learn more about how to specify the right proper connector solution, what are some of the things that they need to think about in terms of attributes of the end product that would be a consideration for the selection of a connector? Like you obviously um, mentioned the ZIF connector, which has a completely different pole Pulse, pole standard specification is for in terms of robustness. Can you speak to, I guess, some of those considerations of strengths and weaknesses of the different types of connectors and what it would mean to the end product application? Yeah, the, the most robust connector systems, the ones that will take the highest pull force test uh, of, of the product are crimp style. Um, crimp uh, will take up to, you know, 10, 12 pounds of pull, you know, horizontally per contact on your circuitry. Uh, when it comes to a ZIF, though, you can just inadvertently pull the connector right out of that ZIF connector, uh, scratch it, tear it, all that portions of it. So if you're looking at an enclosed system where people will not be doing a repair and it's very, very fine line, you can get away with a ZIF connector. But if you're dealing with something where it's an interface product and there may be in a medical situation where it might even be disposable, you need a product that will mate properly, give you the proper electrical characteristics in it, and yet be able to be removed from its product without too much, uh, uh, too much, uh, uh, strategy. So in the case of Memcon or, and some of our competitors, there are several different systems you can go with. And the most traditional system is basically a friction type situation where you have a female connector mated to a pin header where just the, the, the uh, contact springs will be hugging onto the male pin. And that's the entire insertion extraction force. It is better than nothing, but you can inadvertently pull that off of the, uh, off of a pin header pretty quickly. The other alternatives are to go to uh, features that will give you some retention. There's one called the detent system, which is basically a bump on the housing 
which will inter interact with a header with a hole in it so that it gives you some retention. It's not a lock, but it will give you a firm uh, retention. The next strategy would be go to a latching. And latching is probably the, the, the second biggest market for us because people do like to have that positive click of engagement and know that you can't remove it without depressing the latch and then removing it that way. That works really well in many situations, including uh, a lot of the medical devices we were talking about prior. The last one is more of a locking system, and the locking system comes from a European standard uh, that has a locking mechanism that mates to a profiled header so that the only way you can remove it is by spreading the walls of the header that it's mating to. Uh, that is not popular in the States, but you will see a fair amount of it in the European markets. In all of these, all of these systems require you know, assembly equipment. So, I mean, there's obviously all these implications in the hardware itself. That's actually, you know, connecting, locking, and all the all the choices that can be made to either have that freeform pull out, or if someone wants it to actually snap lock. But in terms of the uh, equipment support, I mean, Memcon's offering Memcon supports this with an assembly type system that helps the manufacturer assemble all these things, right? True, uh, and and. This has to do with the, the strategy of our, our assembly equipment. Memcon's products are all done with what they call mass termination of the contacts onto the part. Uh, there is a different strategy out there with, a, with, with competing processes, which stitches on the contact one at a time, much like a sewing machine. We found that that system, one, is slow, and two, it has a tendency to put stress into your circuitry to curl it. So the mass termination speeds up the assembly process and also keeps your material flat. So Memcon promotes several different connectors, but the one we're really very excited about is our two-part system. So essentially, you use the same female contact, and you can engage the plastic to do any of the features that we previously talked about. So I can give you a standard housing, a latching housing, a locking housing, anything you want off the same base female contacts. So that's really the system. It speeds up the operation, typically on a crimp uh, contact, depending on your operator's skill level, will be somewhere between 200 crimps to 600 crimps an hour on the crimping, and putting on the housings will be on a similar 300 to 600. So your yield of assembly is pretty significantly higher with our system. And that, that yield is tested with usually 100% test inspection at the end of, of circuit performance, right? And so at the end, generally speaking, there'd be a test perform on each circuit to verify that it's functioning properly? It's not necessary. They're basically a visual inspection. Um, we usually recommend an AQL level or a, 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 a respected level of testing of about 3%. But your operator should be able to see the contacts folding over on the other side and if they see the contacts per our specification, they would be uh, nearly perfect uh, uh, Perfect that way. Certainly, if you get into some of the military environments, you will have to go a higher AQL level because they want it that high. But certainly from uh, a performance level, we don't see any reason to go beyond 3%. Mm -hmm. You mentioned medical. Are there any other um, markets that you're kind of excited about in terms of seeing growth in the use of the type of the type of the hardware that Memcon's selling in these interconnect solutions? 
Well, certainly sensors are, 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 are a big portion of it. Um, force sensors, FCRs are becoming a huge market for us. We go forward. Um, I always get excited about the emerging technologies and among the things that we see are the, the printable solar cells, which is, uh, you know, it, it's who knows where that's going to go, but we've been sampling and working with different companies on that. Uh, they've been playing with printable batteries forever. Uh, maybe one day they'll actually get them to work in a cost-effective way. But th- these, these emerging technologies that have been around uh, and are, are starting to come out are always exciting. The, the traditional human-machine interface, the HMIs, will always be a big part of what we do. Um, I do think that they've changed a lot with touchscreen technology, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, as I said, on a... On a uh, uh, an explosion level of, of products. Uh, they've been talking about uh, in-mold electronics and in-mold decorating for a while. They've been talking about uh, RFID products in printed uh, situations. Uh, all of these hits and uh, the world has changed for your industry or our industry together. Yeah, and it, and it seems like on a lot of these podcasts, whenever we're talking about printed electronics, it's always a common theme of getting thinner, smaller, lighter and everyone's just really trying to condense the package down and so when you're talking about you know spacing getting tighter and all these things and that's just it's just such a trend i mean everyone's just trying to get tighter tighter more compact you know flexible curving around surfaces you know yeah it goes on and on yeah and, and at the same time your challenge and our challenge as a supplier is to keep the cost there i mean the, the reality is is that this only works if if People can afford to pay for it or want to pay for it. And, you know, of course, when we're recording this podcast, there's a lot of supply chain shortages around the world. And and, um, is that something that those those been challenges that you've been dealing with? Initially, we had uh, when when COVID hit, uh, a lot of our product was being used in the uh, the ventilator products. And we had a a huge demand for it that drew on all of our inventory and put a challenge into the supply lines. It took us some months to get out of it, but once it did, our, our manufacturing process has been fine. We haven't had any issues at all. We've had logistics issues. I won't lie to you about that. Um, I think the world has been dealing with uh, uh, you know, the problems. Um, the big thing, we have three stocking locations, one in Europe, one in Michigan for North America, and one in Hong Kong for Asia. And our we, we move a lot of product between those facilities to facilitate any demand that we might have and get things done quickly. So it's been challenge. I give our, our, our ownership a, a lot of uh, credit for keeping it, keeping going. Uh, I haven't had uh, to deal with too many issues here. So I've been pretty excited about that. Yeah. Good. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. You know, I, uh, that's all I had, Phil. I mean, I, I think oftentimes we've been doing some, I mean, we've done podcasts on a lot of, on different membrane switch topics, but the connector has always, it's kind of like, doesn't get a lot of, uh, I don't know, praise or a lot of attention in the spotlight, but obviously really critical for things to work in the end. And obviously, um, on from a durability standpoint, or if something gets broken, you want to quickly replace it in the field, right? It's just a quick disconnect, replace, reconnect, right? So I appreciate all the sharing. Um, is there anything that you want to uh, comment on, Phil, or I guess wrap up uh, towards, because we're kind of going to wrap it up? I know I, I thank you for the opportunity to talk to you guys. I've known uh, TapeCon for my career, uh, and 
Uh, you're, you've been uh, a, a good friend and a good partner for our industry. And I, I, I encourage uh, all to uh, understand that printed electronics is, is a, a vehicle for the market. I believe heartily in we promote the industry and everybody succeeds. Uh, we, we're, we're really very much in that line. Yep. Absolutely. Well, you're a big contributor, Phil. I mean, it's amazing um, the amount of knowledge that you have in this category. Just talking to you, so I really appreciate you being on. So um, thanks for thanks for thanks for coming on the podcast, Phil. Thanks. But be well, Stephen. Bye bye. Okay. The Better Products Podcast is about educating product teams about new materials and new technologies all in the custom material converting and printed electronic space to help them design and build better products. So in this podcast, I'm hoping to give wide-ranging conversations with various people throughout the industry and just bring a lot of good content to the table. So if you're interested in learning more about the industry, materials, processes, how to improve uh, products if you're on a product team, or just general know-how of what the heck is going on in this industry, then subscribe to the podcast and get ready for some more really good episodes as I bring in some great guests. Thanks.